The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favorite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co., established 1977, have personal and domestic water filters, which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting, alkaline, ionized mineral water, which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals, and bacteria, so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Dr. Joseph McCola is an osteopathic physician, natural health activist, and founder of McCola.com, one of the top natural health websites in the world. To find out more about Joseph, please visit his website, McCola.com. That's M-E-R-C-O-L-A.com. Dr. McCola, thank you for joining us for the third time on the podcast. How are you, brother? I'm doing great, but I live in a really nice place. So unlike most other Americans who have been really forced into their homes through this tyrannical intervention we have in the United States, but I think you're not much better over there in Australia. I've seen some pictures out in Melbourne that were just horrifying what they're doing out there. Yeah, it's a very troubling time for many. It's very uncertain. So Let's look for some solutions and what you have to offer for us today. Well, there's two approaches. One is the political tyranny that is being engineered, really. I mean, this is an existential threat to our personal freedoms and liberties, you can very well appreciate. And then there's the reality of how big of a threat is this virus to ourselves and our family and friends. So there's definitely a threat. People can get sick. People do die. And what I'd like to discuss today is some options you can use, but that's in no way in shape or form addresses the deeper challenge we have for most of us, the 99.997% of us who are not going to be impacted by this disease, is the tyrannical interventions by governmental authorities and using this disease as a justification for implementation of these measures. 
But let's hit the things that we can do, because there are many things. You know, the conventional mainstream narrative is telling us that there's nothing you can do for this infection except rely on expensive drugs like remdesivir. I'm not sure what it's called in Australia, but that's the antiviral that costs about $4,000 per treatment dose that's being used in the United States. And then ventilators, of course, if they're really sick. But they really don't have a good treatment, which is crazy because they fail to look at the simple strategies, the time-honored historical strategies and interventions that have been used for time memorial to improve our immune response. So I put together a site, put a lot of time into it with some other researchers to help people understand some basic things they can do. And what it does is it tells you exactly what your risk for developing this infection is. The site is called stopcovidcold.com. All one word, dot com. You go there and you can take a two-minute test that you answer about half a dozen, 10 questions, and it will pretty accurately categorize your risk from very low to medium to high and anywhere in between. And then after you complete the test, it will give you very specific recommendations on what you can do to lower your risk based on the answers to your questions that were asked. What we learned in this reviewing the pandemic is there's two really important variables that 90% of the U.S., the population of the U.S., and I'm, I'm pretty confident 90% of the population in Australia has two basic things. One of them is vitamin D deficiency and metabolic inflexibility or insulin resistance. So the site really focuses on both of those and helps give you simple practical strategies to understand why those are issues. And then more importantly, interventions that you can do that don't really cost a lot of money, that are expensive supplements that will resolve this. You're in the spring now, entering the summer. So most everyone down there doesn't really have to take a vitamin D oral supplement. They can just go outside, assuming they let you out of your house down there. Are they letting you out of your house at all? More than a few minutes a day? or Yeah, Victoria gets an hour a day, and that's the only state out of our eight that has those. Oh, okay, so it's just Victoria where the tyrannical restrictions are. Yeah. Crazy. They've got to be the worst in the world that I've seen. I'm glad it's not the entire country. You know, I don't live there, so I'm not, not sure what's going on. But boy, the videos we've seen and the drones and to enforce these restrictions is just insane. It's, it's dystopian Orwellian a nightmare what they're going through. Who would have thought it would happen in Australia as well? Like they're one of the most laid back, open countries. Yeah. So they haven't imposed those restrictions on where you're living. No, New South Wales is pretty free. I mean, there's still issues about public gatherings and so forth. But yeah, so far, it seems to be just in one state at the moment. And I feel very, my heart goes out to them. I've got family there and it was my birth state as well. And I spend a lot of time there. And it's, wow. It is disgusting. That's Well, as far as I can discern, it's the worst in the entire world. There's no other country that even comes close to those types of unnecessary tyrannical restrictions. And what we've got at the moment with the chief health officer and the premier, they have banned basically the use of hydroxychloroquine. They've actually Mm -hmm. taken out advertisements in the newspaper to say it's not available because, and we can have that discussion if you like. Oh, absolutely. They're just not looking at any options. I mean, yesterday there were 630 doctors that had signed a letter to the Premier in Australia. They've put their reputations, their careers on the line and just saying basically what you're doing by locking us down goes against 
science goes against medicine. And I believe that website was taken down yesterday. I'm not sure exactly why, whether it's maintenance or whether it was censored or just deep. I'm sure that is very encouraging to find that there's 650 physicians who really are applying their Hippocratic Oath that they took when they got their degree. And I suspect that that's an international oath that we take when we graduate med school, but dang, and they got integrity so that they're sticking up for what they know to be the truth and opposing this political nonsense that's being imposed on the culture. So congratulations. Now, with respect to hydroxychloroquine being banned, I think it does work. It needs to be used very early in the disease and it needs to be used with zinc. So if you use it for a person with late stage in the disease, it's not going to do anything. So that's a good thing. It's a drug too, safe drug, even despite what they say. It's been used for decades, millions of doses for anti-malarial, rheumatoid arthritis and other diseases where autoimmune diseases. So that clearly can be helpful. But the good news is that there likely is a substitute for that that works even better that it's less expensive and even safer. Would you like to know what that is? Yeah, let's go through this. And do you want to start there or do you want to start with vitamin D? How do you want to do this? Well, I'll just mention this. We'll go back to vitamin D and we'll work on some other things because we just talked about it. So the name of the supplement is quercetin, which I suspect is available there. It's Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N. It's a bioflavonoid. And it's actually one of the most common bioflavonoids in nature. And it is very powerful intervention. It works almost identically to the way hydroxychloroquine works. It takes the zinc and drives it into the cell. And if given early, this can halt viral replication. But it has other benefits too. It actually activates SIRT2, which is a sirtuin protein, a longevity protein that will help downregulate some of the secondary inflammation that occurs in SARS-CoV-2. And it is also used as a senolytic. And a senolytic is a drug, or in this case, a nutraceutical, basically a nutrient that can downregulate or help obliterate zombie senescent cells that essentially have stopped replicating and reproducing and just cause massive amounts of inflammation and accelerate aging. So it has a lot of benefits. And there's like no side effects, you know? So pretty simple. You got to take it with zinc, just like hydroxychloroquine. But even better... You know, and I want to talk about another intervention that everyone needs to know about that is unbelievable. But before we get to that, that's a treatment, of course, that will actually treat the acute illness. But anyone who studied health knows that, an, and this is just not necessarily related to health, but life, is that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So rather than talking about the pounds of cure, let's talk about the ounce of preventions, the interventions that will improve and upregulate your immune response so that your body can fight this thing without any craziness and you can naturally recover from the illness, even if you have some challenges. So the big two interventions are vitamin D and improving your insulin sensitivity. So vitamin D is very simple. So if you go to stopcovidcold.com, in addition to the quiz I mentioned earlier, and there's no opt-ins, there's no emails required. You won't be getting emails, solicitations or anything. It's just totally free. There's no gimmicks, nothing. It's just free information to help you understand what's going on. And then there's also two PDFs. One is a written 10-page relatively simple document with lots of pictures and graphics to help you understand what's going on and so that understand the science and then what you do to actually implement it. And then there's one for healthcare professionals that goes deeper with hundreds of references. And, you know, if they're really curious about 
the specific physiology and molecular biology that occurs and the reason why vitamin D works. So vitamin D has worked historically for ages. We know it works to reduce upper respiratory infections. What we don't know for sure, although there's strong correlation, correlative evidence that it works for COVID is scientifically if it works for it specifically, because it's a new disease. It's only been around less than a year. So Obviously, we don't have the data for it. Now, there's other coronaviruses. I mean, this is SARS-CoV-2, which means there's a SARS-CoV-1. So we have some experience with that. But there's a different virus, for sure. But they're actually in the process doing a, right now of doing randomized controlled trials, which is what's required to definitively and scientifically prove that an intervention works. And that's being done right now. Actually, one was published last week, which did show that it works. And the epidemiological, the correlation studies that have been compiled are so amazingly impressive and beyond common sense understanding. I mean, it's just, if you have common sense, you'll get it instantly. Let me give you an example. There was a study done in Indonesia with like 250 people earlier this year. And what they found out of those 250 people, that 90%, 90% of those who had severe or critical illness with COVID, 90% of them had low vitamin D levels. On the converse, those who were mild illness, 90% of them had normal vitamin D levels or healthy levels. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out there's probably some connection here. Now, correlation is not causation, as I said, but the definitive trials are in process that will prove this definitively beyond any shadow of a doubt. I mean, it just makes so much sense. And the good thing is you're going into summer, so you guys don't need to take a supplement. All you have to do is get outside. Vitamin D levels, though, somewhat similar to blood pressure levels. We know that there's risk factors for high blood pressure or low vitamin D, but there's no way you can feel it and understand if you have an unhealthy level. So ideally, it's best to take a test. And thankfully, I was part of the catalyst for this about two decades ago is educating the mainstream media and physicians and the public of the importance of this. And now most mainstream doctors understand that vitamin D is something that works, not necessarily for SARS-CoV-2, but they understand that it has benefits. And the result of that is that they will check it for you. And at least in the United States, there's labs that you can go to that you can get it checked yourself. You don't need a doctor's order. And they're not terribly expensive to get. So once you get your levels, and the levels are listed in the document I mentioned, ideally, it's in the US, we use nanograms per milliliter. And it should be about 40 to 60. And I think, I suspect you use nanomoles per liter. So you just have to multiply that times 2.5 to get the equivalent level that's considered to be healthy. So you get your levels to those places. And if you can do it with the sun, that's great. And if you can't, then there's supplement recommendations you can take. And thankfully, vitamin D is like one of the least expensive supplements known to man. It's almost free. It's so cheap. So it's not terribly expensive. You can get like a year's worth for a very reasonable price. And again, you don't have to take it orally as a supplement. You can just go out and get it from the sun. I live in Florida, which is obviously a sunny, warm state in the United States. And I haven't taken vitamin D for over 10 years. And I have very healthy levels because I go out in the sun. I take advantage of the sun here. And even in the winter, it's only like a month or two where we really can't get enough vitamin D because of the latitude. But otherwise, if you have high levels, they'll easily pass you through the winter. Explain to me how vitamin D from the sun works. I mean, you and I have an anti-inflammatory diet is what I would call it. So what happens if somebody has an inflammatory diet? If they're eating processed foods, toxic oils, 
a high carbohydrate diet, so to speak, and they're inflamed. Can they still, is it metabolize vitamin D? Yes. Can they get the benefits is your question, I'm assuming. So yes. Now that's not optimal. You get better benefits because the inflammation you're referring to from those variables such as high carbohydrates and industrially processed seed oils contribute to something called insulin resistance or metabolic inflexibility, the physiological condition where you can't really shift rapidly between burning fat as a primary fuel and carbohydrates. So ideally you have both. And the website stopcovidcold.com goes into that. The questions check for both of those with very specific questions that are pretty accurate and will give you a really good indication of what your true risk is. So ideally you address both. But if you just simply did vitamin D, you're going to get benefit. No question about it because it's a different mechanism and works in a number of different ways. It improves your innate immune system, your innate immune response in a wide variety of ways. It improves the physiological barriers, the epithelial cells that line your gut and your lungs and helps prevent the infection from penetrating into your body. So that's one way. It also, once you do have an infection, it does a number of things. It increases these, what's called an AMP, which is short for antimicrobial peptides, things like LL37 and cathelicidin. And these are powerful molecules your body makes to help fight the infection. So that's a good strategy. But it also decreases inflammation. So, and we know that that's one of the consequences of having the SARS-CoV-2 infection. And one of the reasons why people actually succumb to it is because of a massive release of inflammatory cytokines. So a cytokine is a signaling molecule, it's a small protein that goes to other cells. And it can typically, with respect to this function, it can do one of two things. It could either pro-inflammatory cause increased inflammation, or it could be anti-inflammatory. What does vitamin do? Vitamin D does two things. It suppresses the pro-inflammatory biologically and when necessary, because you need some inflammation. If you got rid of inflammation in your body, you'd probably be dead pretty quickly because inflammation, free radicals, these sound like dangerous things, but in the right doses, they're perfectly normal and your body needs them. So that's why it's counterproductive sometimes to implement some of these strategies because you just don't know. You're trying to override your body's intuitive wisdom. But if you do things naturally, just expose your body to sunshine. It's really hard to overdose in sunshine. Yes, you can get sunburned. We never, never, never recommend anyone get sunburned. Absolutely not. Because that will cause local damage and will increase your risk of localized skin cancers, not melanoma. Typically, other types of skin cancers like basal cell carcinoma would be another one. And those can be deadly, but they very rarely are because you can see them and they don't metastasize or spread like a melanoma would. So that's the only real concern in the United States. I don't know what they're doing in Australia, but there's the subset of physicians, a specialist are called dermatologists, the skin doctors, who are just irrational it would be a kind word to describe them because they no justification for their concerns and their fears that the people should not be exposed to the sun. It's one of the most ridiculous, foolish recommendations I've ever encountered. But I think they still strongly believe that. So they would never recommend sun exposure to optimize your vitamin D. They would agree with vitamin D supplements. But you know, there's other benefits from getting your vitamin D from the sun other than it costs. Well, that's not a big deal because it's not very expensive. But you get other benefits. You get infrared and near infrared, which causes optimization of your nitric oxide, which helps normalize your blood pressures. Then it also helps structure your water. It makes your blood flow more freely. It puts energy into your body. So it's a simple thing. It's free. It's what we're designed to do. All of your ancestors were exposed to the sun. 
And within relatively recent history that we've gone indoors, especially during the daytime, during the work hours, and we don't get this sun exposure that's so important for our health. So it's not rocket science at all. It's not really hard to figure this out. When you expose yourself to that, you're going to get what your body needs, nothing more, nothing less, and you'll optimize these processes. So, you know, I definitely recommend going to stopcovidcold.com taking the test, download the documents. You don't even have to take this. You can just download the documents if you want and read it. And that's fine too. I think most people would be curious. We put the test there because it's a curiosity factor. What is my risk? Am I low? Am I high? And then if I am at high risk, what can I do to mediate that? And that's what we've got there. So the first thing is the vitamin D. The second is the metabolic flexibility, which you referred to, which is increases inflammation in general, and it really increases the risk for all chronic degenerative diseases, heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, diabetes, obesity, arthritis. So you don't typically die from arthritis, although you can from rheumatoid, but it can be very, very painful. It's a really common problem. So these are all inflammatory conditions that at the core of it, I mean, there may be an autoimmune component to it, but the core is insulin resistance. So you've got to address that if you want to optimize your body's strategy. Now, you know, for some of these, it's complex and no one person is treated the same, but at the core, you've got to do that. And then you add other things on top of that if you're not getting the response. So the strategy that seems to be universally ignored in the majority of the population, about 90% of the people in the United States, and I'm sure that's the same in Australia, is the window of time that they're eating their food. So what percentage of the population here do you think eats more than 12 hours a day? I really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit evolvenetwork.tv. That's evolvenetwork.tv. We'll see you there. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical, or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions, or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.